Okay, good morning. So uh, today we're going to be reading from Colossians 3. Um, we're reading, the passage we're reading is verses 12 to 17. Um, but I'm, I'm going to read it back to front. So not every word, obviously, that would be very confusing. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not doing that. Um, but I'm going to read the I'm going to read the latter half first, and then I'll read the first half a little bit later. So uh, from verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your heart to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Um, so as per usual, as is usually the case when I, I speak, I'm just going to be completely honest. Because that's where I speak best from, from my heart. And like Beth often says, like just from where what God's teaching me. Um, so um, I'm finding it really hard this term to get into things. And people who know me really well will know that's really, that's quite unusual. So I'm usually very enthusiastic, very kind of, yeah, let's go for it. Let's, let's get in there. Um, and because of the state that my illness is in at the moment, and because I'm dealing with a lot of pain and fatigue, I don't feel like doing a lot of things. I feel... I feel tired. So where I'm coming into a new season and normally I'd be, of course I'm still praying for loads of things, but normally I'd be, yeah, let's go for it. Um, I just basically, I feel, do you know what? I don't want to. I just don't really want to do anything at this point. And that's quite difficult for me because like I said, that's not, that's not normal. But even though some of that is down, to, is down to my illness and that's the foundation of where it's coming from, I still have choices to make uh, in that and I still have to make a choice as to whether to engage and trust in God and focus on him or decide actually, you know what, I'm going to use this as my excuse. My body's not working properly, I feel tired so I'm just not going to do anything. Um, it's, it's my choice whether to stand and say yes and whether to fix my eyes on God and trust him to to walk in in where he's leading me and uh, it says at the beginning of of that chapter of Colossians it says in verse one set your heart on the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God and that's that's the command isn't it to uh, it doesn't say like right hit the ground running come in like change the world it says set your heart on the things of above and and on Christ, and uh, on Sunday, um, that was the thing that I had to repent of, of my vision shifting to actually, do you know, I don't, I don't feel like doing this, but turning my face so that I was saying to God, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna face you, I'm gonna trust you, I'm gonna set my heart on the things above. Um. And it's funny, it says later on in that passage, it says, do everything as if you were doing it for the Lord. And um, I'm saying all this like, oh, I, you know, oh, I don't really want to do stuff. If Jesus was standing here, 
would I be able to say that? Oh, sorry, Lord, I just, I just don't want to. I just don't really feel like it. But he is here by his spirit. And, and yet, yeah, it's often really easy for us to just turn our face away when actually we need to look at, it, look at, at him. When Sam was a baby, it was a, br- it was a great baby. Um, that's my 19-year-old son now. But when he was a baby, he, uh, he was a really good baby. He was sleeping and all that. But what he would not do is put anything in his mouth that he didn't want. So if I had to give him medicine, he used to clamp his mouth shut and turn the other way. And it wouldn't matter, like, what I did. You know, I'd do the aeroplane, you know, try and do it as, try and do it as, as interestingly as possible. The mouth would be open. As soon as I got close, clamp shut, head, head away. No chance was he doing that. So he wouldn't look at me so that I could do that, but he wouldn't open my mouth, so I couldn't help him either. I couldn't, you know, I wanted him to get better and he was struggling with whatever it was he was ill with, but I couldn't, I couldn't help him until he turned towards me and opened his mouth. And it was as simple as that. All he needed to do was look at me and open his mouth. But it was so hard to get him to do that. And because this is kind of on my mind at the moment, because, you know, it's kind of a battle for me, um, God was really speaking to me about it the other night. Um, I've really got into swimming because it's really it's great for my body and my weight's uh, taken by the water. And God was showing me that, you know, in order to move forward and to swim that mile, all I have to do is look forward and push forward and open my arms. And then each step of the way, each with each stroke, I'm swimming that mile. If I looked at the whole mile, then... I just wouldn't be able to do it. I'd just feel too tired. But it's one little tiny choice after another to say, okay, I'll I'll push forward, I'll open my arms. And that's what he was saying, that's what I want you to do. And as you do that, the Holy Spirit will keep you lifted up. He'll, He'll support you. He'll support the weight of the illness. He'll support you in the fight. But I just want you to look forward and press forward. One stroke at a time, one choice at a time. And I was thinking, like, when you were running on, uh, on Sunday, and it wasn't a full marathon, but it's still a long way, and how, you know, a marathon is one. It's one, one step at a time, but actually it's one, one choice at a time, one tiny choice at a time, hundreds and hundreds of choices to keep putting one step in front of the other. Um, It says in Hebrews 12, verses 12 to 13, and I'm reading this from the Passion Version. So be made strong even in your weakness by lifting up your tired hands in prayer and worship and strengthen your weak knees. For as you keep walking forward on God's paths, all your stumbling ways will be divinely healed. Amen, I'll have some of that. For sure. Um, one little choice at a time, one step forward, eyes on God. It might be uh, for you that uh, it's, not, it's not a struggle to get going uh, this, this term, or it might be that there's some exciting things going on that aren't to do with church, and actually that's making you feel distracted, or, um, or at some point during this term you will feel tired, and there will be times when you need to, you need to, face, you need to turn and face God again. 
and look to him and press forward. Uh, just open your arms so that you can move forward. So the, the beginning of that passage, which I said I'd read a bit later on, is you are always and dearly loved by God. Always. Love that. Just, just that line. You are always and dearly loved by God. Um, but it's just a state. It doesn't matter what state you're in. You're always and dearly loved by God. So robe yourselves with virtues of God since you've been divinely chosen to be holy. Be merciful as you endeavour to understand, understand others and be compassionate, showing kindness toward all. Be gentle and humble, unoffendable in your patience with others. Tolerate the weakness, the weaknesses of those in the family of faith, forgiving one another in the same way you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault with someone, release this same gift of forgiveness to them. For love is supreme and must flow through each of these virtues. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. So put on love, that's the, that's the command. And I just think it's incredible that we as the church are a family. And like here, we are a team. And, and that command there is, is to love one another. And you'll know as well as I do, when you're struggling with anything, whether it's something physical or emotional or mental, if you're on your own, it's so, so much harder. But if you've got the love and support of someone else there, it makes all the difference to spur you on. And, and so I know we all really care for each other, but I want to encourage us this morning to look out for one another, to love on one another, to be really quick to forgive one another and, uh, and to look out for one another as well. It's really easy, isn't it, to focus on yourself um, because, you know, we've all got a lot on. But actually... We need, to, we need to be looking out for each other. And that doesn't always mean um, phoning people up or having coffee with them. It means I've noticed such and such is not right, so I'm going to say a word of encouragement to them and I'm going to pray for them. Um, you know, they might not know you're praying for them, but that doesn't matter. It's, that's how we love one another. Um, it says in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So let's look for ways to encourage each other. I mean, Paul wrote this letter and he was brilliant at encouraging the church, encouraging other people. And he thanked them for encouraging him as well when they encouraged his heart. And so as we, as each of us are making that choice to, to face forward and to, to, um, to look to God and to press forward and open our arms, let's look for ways to encourage each other and, and, and spur one another on. And let's, just make lots of little choices to face him. And, and I want to be really careful that I'm not always saying pressing forward because uh, you, you'll have heard me say it before, but as far as I'm, I believe, pressing forward is resting in God as well. It's waiting in him because that's when he's teaching us, that's when he's restoring us, and all of that is moving forward. But the key is that we're facing him and we're not turning our away with our, our mouth shut. So I just want to read this last scripture before I pray. 
um, which is from Philippians 4, verses 12 and 13. Again, it's from the Passion Version. I know what it means to lack, and I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance, for I'm trained in the secret of overcoming all things, whether in fullness or in hunger, and I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. Let's pray. Wow, Father. Thank you that we have Christ's explosive power at our fingertips and in our lives. And Lord, even though sometimes we feel like we're walking through sludge, or we find it hard to give you our attention, praise you, Lord, that what you require of us is to just look at you, to just turn our whole gaze the gaze of our heart, the gaze of our mind, the gaze of our soul to you. You have everything that we need. And so we choose today to turn ourselves, our whole selves, to you and to look to you where you'll lead, Lord. And when it gets difficult to know, you have us, you carry us in the friction of the water. You carry us and you move us forward. You equip us. You keep us safe. And so, Father, we praise you for all that you're going to lead us into this season. And we say, Lord, that even when we don't feel like it, we trust you and we look to you in Jesus' mighty name. And, Lord, will you uh, prompt us when we need to encourage one another, when we're not showing each other enough love, when we're not looking out for one another enough, Will you prompt us to pray for one another, to prefer one another, so that we spur one another on? Thank you, we're a team, we're a family, and that you've given us this incredible, powerful love to love one another, and we just praise you for that. In Jesus' mighty, holy name, amen.